0: Well, good morning. We'd like to uh, welcome our visitors today. My name is uh, Marcus. I'm the community pastor here. Um, we will be using our Bibles uh, as, we, uh, as we look at uh, Jesus' kind message to us that is uh, also a disturbing message to us, and it is also a huge blessing to us. And so as we look in uh, Luke chapter 12 today... I'm actually not going to start there, but you can put your thumb there. That's where we are in our uh, series as we go through the book of Luke. Um, And Jesus is uh, speaking to his disciples. And he is uh, telling them the way that the kingdom is. And he's going to use parables. And so we're going to look at actually, it's actually three parables kind of sandwiched together here in this passage and just to let you know, a, a parable is our sayings of Jesus that um, are, are u- unique. It's a kind of unique storytelling in which he's going to tell, uh, he's, he's going to give a, a parable and explain how life is by using some things that are concrete and known to, known to the people, at least in that time. So we're going to have to flesh that a little bit out today as we talk about, uh, our understanding as we come to it as uh, 21st century people, how do we understand this parable and how we see the different people in this parable. Now, as we go through the book of Luke, uh, if we were to give a theme for the book of Luke, and many of you know we just got back, uh, several of us just got back, and we were in uh, Kakuma and Archer's Post. And, and Kakuma, we are doing uh, a survey of the New Testament. So we were studying the book of Luke and the Gospels. And so you know the first four books ...of the New Testament are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they are the telling of the story of Jesus. It is the place where you're going to look and see as Jesus walks the earth... ...what is he saying and doing? What are the things he's communicating to us? What does it look like for the God of all creation to take flesh and be among us? What are the kinds of things that he's going to say? What are the things he's going to do? What are the things he's going to teach us? What are the things that uh, he is going to say are most important... And so Luke is one of those Gospels, and each of the Gospels has kind of a different flavor to it. Now, I've always been a a Gospel of John kind of guy. The Gospel of John, as we look at Jesus, since all of these are focused on Jesus, we can take a title that Jesus uses most often or can be applied to, to Jesus and give it kind of the theme for that book. So in the book of John, Jesus is God. Jesus says, I am, over and over again. I am, I am. That is a a reference to God. And I, I love the book of John because I, man, I love to think about Jesus as God. The book of Luke, though, Jesus uses over and over a phrase for himself, a title for himself, and he refers to himself as the Son of Man, which to me at first I was thinking, I like John. You know, I want to get son of God, you know? I want people to know he's a son of God, but we have some good news today. I'm thankful that Jesus said of himself, he is the son of man. In the Old Testament, we almost never see the Messiah being called the son of man. In fact, the closest that we get is Daniel 7. So you can turn in your Bible. This is where you're going to flip back to in Daniel chapter 7. If you're in this black Bible that was in the back, uh, we it should be on page 744. So as we, we look at <clears throat> the book of Daniel in verse 9, this is the, this is the chance that we get To see Jesus as the Son of Man in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, and still yet to be fulfilled. And in verse 9, we hear about the Son of Man, and we also hear another name, Ancient of Days. And in your Bible, it'll be capitalized because this is another title. The Ancient of Days is the presence of God that comes for the purpose of judgment in the last days. Ancient of Days God's presence that comes for the purpose of judgment. So when you hear Ancient of Days, this is a heavy term. If we had music, if we were vamping the background, it'd be playing all over the place. Because so this, this is heavy Ancient of Days when you hear this term. So we're going to look in verse 9. And if you don't have your Bible, listen to us uh, listen as I read through this. As I looked, the thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him, a thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked, and then because of the sound of the great words that the, the horn was speaking, and as I looked, the beast was killed, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away. Their dominion, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, white clouds of heaven. to heaven there came one like a, like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom one, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Whoa. Son of man comes with the ancient of days, right? And the Ancient of Days presents him, and he's saying, and it is for him that this is all his. This is his dominion, his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. It is his place. And so when Jesus, in the book of Luke, says son of man, there are some ears that are tweaked by that. And they say, oh, son of man. Son of man It's found in Daniel. Is he? The one who will have dominion, is Is he the one who, this is his kingdom. The Son of Man is coming to reign, and with him comes judgment. And that leads us into our parable today. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Jesus says to his disciples and to the crowd, Stay dressed for action. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. Jesus is telling them that the the day is coming. Jesus is explaining that he, as the Son of Man, that this place is his dominion. This is God's home. And he's saying, now if the master goes away and he comes back, how will he find his servants? Will he have his servants placing the house in order? When Jesus was here on earth, he was showing what it is to make the house in order. He was giving us a taste of what his dominion looks like. And so he would go, and where there were sick, he would heal them. Because in his kingdom, there is no sickness. And he would go to to those who were uh, less than, those who were considered evil, those who people had given up to, he goes to them and he preaches to them salvation. To the poor, he lifts up. Remember in, in, in Luke 4, when he at the beginning of his ministry, he goes in the temple and he unrolls the scroll, right? And he, he reads from Isaiah. And he says, now it's been given to me to proclaim to you that that, that I've come for a new day, that the the blind will see, that the oppressed will be given freedom. I have come to show you my dominion. This is what my dominion looks like. You see, in Jesus' kingdom, in Jesus' house, no corner is left empty. Jesus knows. He, He goes to those... Who are least. He touches that which is considered unclean. He brings redemption. He brings restoration. This is the house of God. This is what He wants. He goes to those who who are, that we've left aside. People who have been put aside. They've been put in jail, like for a reason, most of them, right? And Jesus says, I want you to go to those people who have been put aside. Because in my kingdom, those people still have value. And I want you to preach to them good news. To the slave, to the brokenhearted, to those who are sick and have been moved away from the the center stage of society. I want you to go to them to the broken, to the disabled, to the, to the widow. I don't want you to forget the widow. I don't want you to forget the orphan. Those are my people. This is my kingdom. And I don't forget those kinds of people. I want you to go. I've come to preach to you. And Jesus says, the, as he rolls up the scroll, like so smooth, he rolls up the scroll and he says, and today, in your hearing, this has been accomplished. And they, like, get pretty upset at him. (laughs) It's like, I've come to preach the year of the Lord's favor. It is here and it is yet to come. This is a foretaste of the dominion that I'm talking about. So when he comes to his servants, as the master comes to his servants, he's expecting that his house is going to be in order. Now, it's kind of hard for us to understand because... uh, you know, we don't have servants. We don't do this kind of thing. But maybe you've watched Downton Abbey. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not recommending Downton Abbey. But, I, but in Downton Abbey, you can just watch the trailer, all right? And in the trailer, it's about these lords and ladies, and they have a, a manor. And, and, and so they will come and visit. You know, they'll go, they've got their summer home and their winter home, and they'll, and they'll come in and out. And so as you watch what the servants do, it's so much about the servants, what are they doing in order to get ready for the lords and ladies to come back? And so where, where, they were, uh, where it had gotten dusty, they had the, the, the coverings over the couches and they you know, and dust flies everywhere and they're sweeping and they're killing a goose and they're doing whatever you do to prepare a goose and, and you have somebody else and he's putting on the gloves, you know, and, then, and they're, getting, they're, they're measuring out where all the silverware goes and, and they're, they're tidying up, they're bringing in fresh flowers, uh, they're, they're scurrying about, they're moving about in order to, to make the house ready for when the owner comes back. Now, you may have seen another show where they weren't ready, and, the, and the, the, they would come back, and the house was full. There was hay on the floor. The doors were broken down. They had eaten all the storehouse, and they didn't think that the, the Lord and Lady were going to come back. And so the house was in disarray, and it was all used up. But not at Downton Abbey. No, no, no. Downton Abbey, everything is together. They are waiting for whenever the Lord and the Lady will return. They are in preparation. They're anxious. And there's also an excitement and relief when they finally get there. Like, we've been waiting, (laughs) you know? We've been doing all this work, and it's nice finally to have someone in the home and to occupy the house. And this is the way it is for us. When the Lord comes back, how will he find his house? house? How will he find your house? Will he find that kind of dominion that he was talking about, that he was initiating his kingdom? Will you find a picture of his kingdom in your house? Will he he find a picture of his kingdom at Redeemer? Now, I've begun to love Jesus calling himself the Son of Man more and more every day. Because when he calls himself the Son of Man, he's saying that I was born like you guys, in a sense. He has a flesh, right? He has flesh like you and me. He knows what it's like. Jesus giving this, I want to tell you, it's both exciting and scary. It's going to get scarier in just a minute. As he gives the, this parable, he's giving it to us because he says, I know what you're like. I've had flesh. I know that waiting is not... we're not really good at it. We get distracted. Here's the second parable. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You see, Jesus is saying these parables... Not to beat us up, but to say, I know what you and I are like. We get distracted, don't we? If it takes too long, we kind of lose the anticipation. And he's saying, I don't want you to lose the anticipation. I want to promise you, I am coming back. The Son of Man is coming back, church. The Son of Man is coming back. And when he comes back, he has expectations about his house. That when he comes, he wants to see his house in order. He wants to see his servants working. He wants to see he wants to see uh, all, and he will go and look in all the closets. Amen. I, you know, sometimes when we have people come over to the house, like there is a place in our house where all that stuff goes. Do you know what I mean? And, and he's going to go in every closet. Are you ready? Jesus is going to look at his house and he's going to, we pray he's going to be blessed by his bride. But did you catch what Jesus does once he gets in the house? This is pretty crazy. For his servants, remember, we are anticipating Jesus come back because we're going to be the best cheerleaders that that have ever been. When Jesus comes back, we are going to be jumping up and down, and we're going to be, so, we're going to be doing flips. We're just going to, it's, it's going to be a glorious time. Can you imagine? The Son of Man's coming back for us. And so when we would imagine that we are singing his praises and that we are serving him, and, and we will be doing the, all those things, what does Jesus say he does? The master actually goes and he says, sit down. Can you imagine this? I'm going to serve you. We were throwing a Jesus party and Jesus threw us a party. But you see, this is the nature of who Jesus is, right? When the question came, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? The least of these. And so Jesus not only lived that throughout his life, but he says, that is actually what my kingdom is like. And if you want to be great in my kingdom, you've got to be the servant of all. Even in his kingdom, we see that Jesus is serving in the kingdom. That blows my mind away. But it also tells you, Jesus loves you that much. Jesus loves you that much. So we went from the first parable and second parable Telling us to be ready, Jesus, the Son of Man, is going to return. He expects his house to be in order. His servants should be awake and ready. Blessed are those who are in the, the second and third, uh, 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 the, the, the second and third watch of the night. Those who've had to wait longer. Blessed are those servants who've continued to be faithful throughout. He's coming at an hour that you do not expect. It's kind of like a thief. You don't expect the thief to show up. If you knew the thief was coming, the hour he would coming, like you stand there with your shotgun, right? I mean, like you call some friends. You're like, all right, come on. This is Texas, right? Like, But the thief doesn't do that. He doesn't announce it on Facebook, right? Like, I'll be at your house. No. He just, he just shows up. Jesus is going to come and just show up. And you're not going to expect him. So Jesus is being kind again. He says, so just be ready. It could happen any time. Don't be surprised by it, because it's going to be a surprise. And then comes, he moves from just talking about our readiness, our preparedness, and now he's going to talk about our responsibility. Verse 41, and Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for all of us? In other words, is this for me and the guys, or is this for, like, everybody else? And Jesus doesn't answer directly, but he's saying, it's for you. (laughs) This part here, he says, And the Lord said, who then is faithful and wise manager? He's speaking to Peter and the disciples now. Who then is the faithful and wise manager? The the first parable was for everyone, and now it looks like he's pointing directly to Peter and his disciples who are going to have great responsibilities in the kingdom. Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour when he does not know And he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required and and from him to whom they are entrusted much. They will demand the more. That gets heavy, doesn't it? So for those who have been entrusted with the responsibilities of God, who have been given skills, who have been given abilities, who have been given places of leadership, who have been given finances, he's saying there there is a greater responsibility on you. And so a heavy cloud should fall on us right now. Because in our church, we have a great deal of leaders. We have a a great deal of abilities. We have a great deal of finances. So if we look at this and we say, who is he talking to? He's talking to us. And he's saying that he is going to come back and there will be a judgment. And there will be some who will be wise and faithful servants those who are using their skills and abilities and their finances to promote the kingdom of God, who are putting their house in order. And not only their house, not only their own selves, but they are managing and organizing others to do the same. And so we are responsible. We are responsible as elders. You are responsible as Sunday school teachers. You are responsible as grandparents and parents. You see, this is a check also because you know sometimes we think that people who are, uh, if we are those people or we see those people, that they are unchecked because they have that place of power. And we've seen those powers abused, right? We've seen people um, who have beaten their slaves, who have who have uh, mismanaged their their power and authority such that they abuse others. We see it. it's coming out in the news, left and right. People in the church. Abusing and our hearts break and say, Lord, what is to come of this? Even this last week, I had two of my ministry uh, friends both come out as having had affairs over a long period of time, and the judgment is on them. They have nothing; they have no jobs. The only thing is, they the only thing they have left is their families, whom they've hurt the most. It's that's horrible. I believe that this judgment is a judgment that is now, and then it has its effects now. Just like many of y'all are in the Gospel Project, and we saw the children of Israel in this unrepentant sin, and what happens? Uh, a great plague comes across them uh, of these snakes, but God also provides a way out. So we pray for these people too, right? We pray because we've been there. We've, we too have these hidden sins. God takes it seriously. There's a great expectation for us as his leaders, as those who have been given much. Do much is given, much is required. So today, I'd ask you to do a, an inventory. How are you doing? As you uh, look at the inventory of your skills and abilities are you using them for the for the kingdom are you making this house look more like Jesus dominion is that like the first thing on your mind look at your your finances are are you saving that back for something that doesn't that doesn't fulfill the kingdom work are you using it? You see, he said about these, these unfaithful, this unfaithful student, uh, servant manager, what he did was he was caught eating and drinking and getting drunk. Well, we all have to eat and drink, but he got so carried away with eating and drinking that he forgot his main objective. So much that he, he just he indulged himself, he didn't just indulge himself, he got so carried away with the day to day that he forgot about the most important thing. His stomach became his idol. And then, top it off, he also got drunk after that. So he lost himself. He lost focus of what was important. How are you doing? The good news in all of this is that Jesus knows us. That he came to give this message so we would not lose heart that we not be discouraged, that we not be distracted. And he says now, just like in our Sunday school lesson this morning, look look to me. Look to me. Change, adjust your vision. Come and follow me. So today as we leave this room... We were to walk right through that door, and as soon as we got all got outside, we looked up and we saw the Son of Man coming down on a cloud. Would you be filled with excitement or dread? This is the good news. Jesus says, come to me. I'm coming back for my people. Let's get our house in order. Let's be about his business. And when he returns, we'll get to serve with him and enjoy him forever and ever. Amen.